Welcome to a very special episode of Own and Goal Podcast, date of recording March 12th, 2021. We are just 30-ish hours removed from the first leg of the Own Goal Derby, and boy, do we have some reactions for you. Donnie, I gotta say, man, when you're right, you're right. I mean, we promised the fans uh, VAR controversy. We'll get into all that and more, but first... To the bottom line. It's in, it's an up goal! It's a gift! Well, he's almost done well to get that in because he's ahead of the near post. It's almost behind him. Sticks his left leg out. It almost hits his heel. It goes straight into the bottom of the corner. Bottom corner of the net. Gets ahead of the ball. It's the inside of his car. For those of you who are unaware, uh, we had the first iteration of the Ungol Derby ever since the Ungol podcast uh, began. First leg in the uh, Europa League quarterfinals. What a prestigious com- uh, competition. Played in the Theater of, theater of dream- Dreams at Manchester United. Uh, saw the teams reach a 1-1 stalemate with Milan securing a helpful but not not necessarily critical away goal i'm sure donnie and i will have different opinions on this yeah did you not see juventus just lose on away goals to fucking (laughs) porto what kind of crack pipe do you have down there in austin so so we'll we'll we'll, i think we we have a lot of opinions about a lot of this game so you know we're gonna throw out the normal rundown Uh, i think we're just gonna jump right into our our takes on the first leg uh, look ahead to the second leg, and then I think backtrack and talk about some of the league activity that we definitely don't want to miss. Yeah, and I think when I kind of saw the lineups and the Matic-McTominay midfield pairing, I just had a feeling that the physicality of the Milan midfield would really dominate, and I think that's exactly what happened in the first half. I think Milan was able to dominate the middle third of the pitch and really dominate that For first sure. half of the game. For sure. I think a couple of things stood out. Uh, you you did, like, days in advance, even before the lineups were announced, uh, shared with me the, the thought that Milan would dominate the midfield. I think that's because you knew the kind of lineup Ole was going to put in midfield. Like, I don't think the the Matic and, uh, and Mick T was, like, a big shock that they were on the field, right? You kind of... No, it I wasn't the, a shock. I was still repulsed when yeah. I saw it, but I wasn't oh, shocked. I was repulsed. Of course, but what I mean is like, so you 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 predicted that Milan's midfield would would kind of you know uh, potentially dominate. I pushed back. I didn't really say we would or wouldn't dominate, but I've been you know very vocal about the fact that people are dying. Alfred uh, Milan yeah, are just, just. I think we missed six starters for this tie. Uh, you know, I can name them right: Benacer, not not there, Roman. Really, our captain was not there. Teo Hernandez, one of our most dynamic players, who you love, you didn't, you got spared the the, the pain of having to watch him play against you. So I think that was a, a favor that that he threw your way because I know he listens to this podcast. Well, I think and and with you with Rashford, we actually both got lucky in the yeah. first leg. Neither of us had to see our favorite player on the opposing team play yep. against our team. That was that was definitely going to be my my counter. And, and so I'm not naming all these injuries to like say that. You know, Milan are hurt and United are healthy, and, and none of that bullshit. Both teams have key critical injuries, but not just those guys. Ibra, Rabic, and Benacer all being out. And Mandzukic. And Mandzukic, who, get this, we bring Mandzukic in to be Ibra's backup because he's old. And, I mean, Mandzukic is old, too. And just slightly and less we, old. We remove our young new Norwegian player, Jens Peter Haug, from Europa, our Europa team list, to make room for Mandzukic, who has played like 20 minutes and then got hurt and hasn't played again for us. It's like, Jesus. But all I'm saying is, my biggest concern, and we, we had a lot, that I think we'll talk about it, especially in the second half, was Milan's lack of ability to finish and, you know, later on in the game to create. So we did dominate the midfield, especially in the first half, but the end product was not there. Well, it was there on the uh, Kessier goal, but it, you know, it, it did graze off his hand, and and that's I mean, an, that's I've an seen... unlucky one. That's an unlucky one. I don't think there's. I don't think you can reasonably say that it didn't touch his arm. I think it 100% touched his arm. I don't think that's the argument there. The argument is how much did that light of a touch have an impact? That's the argument I would make. I think it undisputedly touched his arm. 
I don't know. I don't know about undisputedly. I, I, I need to see your angles uh, because the angles that I've seen from like the official uh, CBS Paramount Plus All Access, I don't know what we're calling it, uh, feed did not show definitive contact with the arm. It, 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 my, it wasn't definitive. I'm not, but like, I get I get the call. Um, you can see actually Kessier second half talking to the ref, and the ref was like, I didn't see it. VAR saw it, so like that gives me a, a little bit of consternation, but I, I get it. You know, it, 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 it's fine. It's whatever. We knew VAR was going to play a role in this game, in this tie. It's already fucked me a little bit so if if var throws me a bone in the second leg i don't have to feel guilty yeah and if var gives manu a penalty in the second leg i still not i won't feel i'll, I'll feel dirty but i won't feel guilty yeah but i'll feel but i'll be able to at least take the high roads in and, and I, I can lure that over you for like at least a week <laughs> maybe two <laughs> um so, and, and then you know so yeah i agree with so milan except for the one chance where they did finish that was ruled out at I mean, I guess you could say the Lau, the Lau goal, but that was so obviously offside. I mean, I mean was... what was what the fuck was he even doing? Like, even Inzaghi <laughs> was never that lazily offsides. Like, like, Inzaghi would get calls for offsides because he would try to jump in front of the defender. You know, he tried to move before the defender. Raphael was just, like, never onside and, and then made a run for it. And, of course, that's when he has his finishing boots on. Like, what the? What a great quote. He was just never onside. <laughs> He wasn't. He wasn't the, the entire play. He just wasn't onside. He, he was. He wasn't even trying to be onside. He was a good three to five yards off the whole time. Like no shit, he was away on goal. And then you know, then there's the big chance for United at the end of that first half, where it honestly beguiles me how a professional soccer player could miss the chance that Harry Maguire did. It's just like, at some point. <laughs> Somebody had to watch him play when he was 12 and be like, you know what? This guy fucking sucks and shouldn't be a professional soccer player. I, that, that, that is, those are my words about that. There is no way a professional soccer player, like you could, that would accident, should accidentally hit off your knee and go in. I mean, it was just, that was so bad. Can, I, I, I'm, I, if you have more to say, I, I don't want to end it, but can I, can I just repeat for the pod what I texted you about that, that, that moment? Yeah, yeah. Literally, you know, there's what 22 players on on a pitch, uh, 20 outfield players, right? 19 of, of the 20 outfield players in that game touch that ball in that position. It's a goal for United, whether it's scored by United or an own goal from Milan. The only person with the skill set to do what he did and hit the cross, to hit the post and not go in it was harry Maguire. so like you were really unfortunate that you know basically you had a one in 20 chance to not score a goal there <laughs> it was just unbelievable but you know i go in at halftime and i'm thinking you know as flatly as united came out in that first half i'm happy at zero zero with just yeah what a shitbag performance that was and and i think i, I can't remember if i it with you because I was I was some things I was texting like like our friend Evan and, and some things I was texting you and some because I, I didn't want to like seem like I was trying to lay on the reverse karma I was you know trying to be oh no no no, 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 no. Do, do not do not say that Milan can't finish Milan can't finish oh my god Milan will never score in this game get a 90 Dude, second minute goal and tell me I, you weren't laying on the reverse karma I was no, not I was, you will I was not lie to the listeners of own goal podcast I was not, I would, this I is would a never grave injustice on, the only thing more repulsive than the words coming Sir? out of your mouth was Harry Maguire trying to score that goal no no the only thing more repulsive was 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 uh yeah okay no you're right there um <laughs> I thought you were gonna but no no, no I I was I was truthfully not trying to land the reverse karma. I 100% believe that we were not going to be able to, to equalize. I mean, that came off of one of our few corners in the second half. It just it just how was I supposed to see that coming? There's no way it did not look in the cards. But in, at halftime, I was kind of talking with with Evan and some people, and, and maybe you I can't remember about this. Seems very similar to how Milan have dropped points in in the league in the first half. Don't get outplayed, right? right either you told me either that. you told me that. Yeah, either we play level or play better. You you could argue we played better or level because we didn't take our chances. I and think then, you guys play, definitely then, played better in the first half. I think you'd be I, I, you'd be an idiot to argue yeah, that. So I, I, yeah, I, I, I would agree, but I, I just, you know whatever. We didn't take our chances, so it was zero zero. We didn't capitalize on our opportunities. 
And then I was afraid we'd come out in the second half or don't really come out in the second half, fall asleep, let up a goal. And then, and then we're scrambling and, and try to draw, but probably draw points. So that that's that's been a, a thing a theme for when Milan have not secured the W in the league. So I was a little worried about that. And then I mean, we got to talk about your boy. So your new yeah. So let me let me get into some of this. You know, as bad as United were in the first half, that first twenty five to thirty minutes of the uh, of the second half, they were in control. It, it yep. was like they'd finally like showed up to the game after not having been there. You guys showed up, and Milan Milan was still in the tunnel like 10 minutes after halftime ended. Yes. Yes. You guys, like, Milan you, were you guys, so flat. It was, you guys got – yeah. We weren't even there. It, it, was like, it was like when you're playing, you know, like, like backyard baseball with a friend and you've got ghost runners on second. We had ghost runners on the wings and in the midfield. Like we just didn't have corporeal people. And, and so the first – yeah, five minutes in, and I mean – Bruno plays a lovely just chip pass. Ahmed Diallo unmarked, leaps yeah. up, back to the goal, backwards header, hits it perfectly. How about – how uh, hello, how are you? First goal for Manchester United. It was a beauty. It was. It was a I beauty. I mean, he caught – Tamori got caught sleeping. Tamori, who played a pretty good game in Romagnoli's place, but – I agree. Had not come out from halftime yet. I mean, it was it was just like ghost runner on ghost runner and center back right there. Um, that was the first five minutes, and then what really pissed me off was there was no response from Milan after the goal. Like for the first for the five minutes after that, you guys still dominated. I think after the first ten minutes of the second half, so when we got into like the fifty fifth minute mark, uh, we did we started. You guys were still controlling, but we were at least making runs, getting the ball, and doing a little bit. So we were starting to, to tilt the, the, the yeah. seesaw, but it was, it, was, it was just not a fun second half to watch, honestly. Not until the very end. And I thought United were going to get a second goal, and then Dan James. You should have. As disgusting as Harry Maguire was, at least he is a piece of shit center back, like all center backs <laughs> ultimately are. No offense, but it's true. <laughs> hey, these are, these are for you. McNulty, these are for you. But Dan James, how do you just? I mean, you just weren't even close to the goal. That was that was a two zero lead, and that was a two zero first first leg lead. Pretty sure you just killed your grandmother in Dorchester, Dan James. Good <laughs> lord! And, and that to me, that was the turning point of the second half because Dan James misses that. I am just. I don't even know what's happening. I've now seen two. Chances for United that were just yeah. completely blown. Dan James misses that. And then, what does Ole do? <laughs> you take off, you do what I always criticize. And I Ole always, for doing. always criticize it. He's like, okay, I got a one-goal lead. There's 15 minutes left. Let me hold it. Why are you going to try to hold this lead? How about we try to beat him 2-0? Fuck, maybe 3-0 if we really go for it. And not just hold on to this 1-0 lead. I mean, oh, you know. Yeah. So, so, I do have I do have one thing to say here. One thing to say. I, I don't. I, I agree with you. It's the wrong call. I mean, hindsight says it's the wrong call, but also I would never want my team to do it. But at the same time, looking at the situation Milan was in, and with the the players that were on our bench, the players that were not available through injury or illness or whatever the hell, there is not a lot of creativity uh, in that Milan lineup. So, like, in theory, I, I, I can see where he thinks it makes sense. Let me bolster up the defense, clog up the midfield, because these guys aren't going to be able to create shit anyways. You know, Milan had to sub out Davide Calabria, who, even though as a, as a fullback, was probably our second most creative, offensively influential player in the game. I, I really think so. Um, not counting Simon Kier, because he didn't score until the very end. Um, but it was Kessier in that, like, box-to-box midfield kind of pit, double pivot and, and Davide Calabria. So when he gets subbed off with, in, with an injury and Kessie has, has to move his position, like I see where Ole's coming from. Milan does not have a lot of creativity in that lineup. Uh, clog up the midfield, bring on some def- more defensive-minded players, and like they probably don't create much. And he was almost right. He yeah, except, almost right. except the defensive players he brought on were Brandon Williams and fucking Fred. Now Luke Shaw is Luke Shaw, but... Yeah. Brandon Williams and fucking Fred, 
hell, if you're really going to do it, do it right. At least bring off Lindelof. I trust him more yeah. than what you yes. did. So, I, like I said, I, I, I agree. I'm just trying to, to say where I think he was coming from. And, like, it makes sense because he was seeing the same shit that I was seeing, which was, man, Milan really can't create dog shit right now. Um, but, you know, it's that, that, like, how many times does Ole do not necessarily those subs, but that, that concept of let's hold on to this lead because it seems like it bites him in the ass. Every oh, time! Yeah. Every time! That's my issue. It bites him in the ass every time. This is not... But honestly... Yeah. But, like, like also, like, those subs didn't immediately change the game. Like, like we basically were in a stalemate for the next 15 minutes of, of the game until layout did something good, but won that corner at the very end of the game when a lot of times he gives up. He won that corner, and, like, I... I'm, I'm not as negative on him as a lot of the Milan fan base because, like, he, he earned the corner, which Krunic, who has some problems with, you know, in attack from a live ball play, put in some good balls. Uh, yeah. In the league, he scored a great a cracker of a free kick, and then he put that ball in that Kier was able to basically get to un, uncontested. Uh, that's where Lindelof maybe would have come in goal. handy. I mean, this was a game of first goals. Both both goal scorers opened their account with their, their club that they joined this year. Yeah, and I mean, that goal, I think, really changes the complexion of the, the second leg and definitely tips the scales in Milan's favor. Can, so, I want to explain my stupid comment of not as crucial a goal as it may seem. Because, yes, on paper, it's an away goal, and we're tied with, with a one-goal advantage. So, like, yeah, obviously... I'd rather be in this position than be 0-0 or be down one nothing, of course. But I think this helps get helps you get Ole to get out of his own way. Because if he goes into a, a, a tie up one nothing, like this how how much does he sit back and defend? I don't know. He's not, probably gonna play Bayi, Lindelof, Maguire, Brandon Williams, but, Luke Shaw. But needing be, you know, being down basically half a goal, right? Needing to score. I, I think he's going to come into this tie with, you know, assuming the people that are healthy are healthy, he's going to go for a goal, at least one goal. Now, once he gets that one goal, I cannot promise you that he's not going to revert back to his, his bullshit ways. But I think it at least helps you go into the the, the game tactics with a, a more aggressive mindset than he may have done if it was 1-0. In theory, yes. But I've already, I mean, purely... I think he's got his ta- like the game ended in a tie, but I think Pioli won the tactical duels between the managers. Yeah. There's no doubt in my mind. What happened with Ole? What usually happens? Bruno's individual talent combined with someone else, usually Rashford, and not in this case, but it's it was individual talent, and it's oftentimes yeah. behind Bruno that it's what's what bails Ole out with bad tactics, like just and he, you know that yeah for sure for sure and all. Also, you know, I think I, I could be crazy because it's it's uh, you know a European competition and it'll be a, you know an away game at like a, a historic you know location. I think Diallo should start uh, the second leg. Yeah, do you, you think Dan James should ever start again after missing that goal? I, I but, would send him to the under 18s if I were in charge. <laughs> You'd never sniff the senior squad again. You'd never even sniff but, it. But I'm saying this with hesitation because knowing what we know about Ole with young, promising players in his squad, I don't think he starts Diallo in the second leg. No. He's going to just have him be an impact sub, for sure. So what's is, is, is what's like the, the timetable on Rash? Is he is he potentially back next week? I think he's, he might be potentially back for Westham on nice. Sunday, nice. which might have been part of the thinking of leaving him out. But so, you know. it, it sounds it sounds like there's a good chance Teo's back for the second leg for us, and even uh, Chalanoglu might be back for the second leg. We're we're really iffy on Ibra, Romagnoli, and uh, Rebic, which is unfortunate. And then it, we're, we're most likely not even a chance for Benacer. I don't even know if he's playing again this season, and he's missed most of the season, which sucks. Uh, but like you know, we, teams both teams could get influential players back. There's no word on Calabria if it was just a knock and he'll be fine or if he's going to miss time. So that could be critical. But I think, I'm thinking second leg. I'm hoping after you've had the West Ham game, we get Rashford, we get Shaw, we get Teo, Chalanoglu, Romagnoli, and we have some, you know, 
more of our our players that we're excited about. And, and, Hell, and, remember and, Paul Pogba? That was fun when he was good. Yeah, I mean, you, <laughs> you guys lost. You guys, Pogba Benacer, like it's it's actually very similar. Both yeah. were in really, in really good form, and both have missed a lot of time. Yeah. And yeah. when they were healthy, when they were healthy, they led both of our teams top of their table. So looking at the second leg, obviously zero zero. If, if either team wins by any margin, that's good enough for that team to get in. So at least you know that's yeah. that's nice to know that away. If you win, if, if Man U wins, away goals can't hurt us if we win. So that you know, for sure. that's always kind of nice to have. Um, also, what's nice is if you score one goal, away goals are no longer. You know they can only help you, right? So the only way Milan advances on away goals is with a zero-zero tie, which this will not end. This will not end in, in, a, in a nil-nil snorefest. The, our teams aren't good enough to not fuck up at least once each. Yeah, that is that is accurate. Um, a one-one tie would take us into extra time and penalties. That's the only way we'd get to that which, route. Which extra time would then give you guys an extra thirty minutes of a potential away goal? Away goals. Uh, that's how this ends. This ends. This ends with with you guys getting one more away goal in extra allotted time that we didn't have at your place. Or well, and here's another funny thing: any sort of any tie that's higher scoring than one one, United would go through. It, so like two two yeah. tie, we'd go through on the two away goals. No, it, it's it's going to end ninety minutes one one, and like we're going to score or you're going to score, and then the other team is going to equalize and going to send you on in away goals when you had 30 extra minutes of away time. No, I I think it'll honestly be either 0-0. Truthfully, I think it's either 0-0 or it's a Milan win. I just, I don't United just looks so bad, except for like the, the middle 30 minutes of the, <laughs> of the second half there. But beyond that, United just looked really bad. And I don't know. I got no faith. That was just, it was just like, it was, it's, it was if, if if Rashford plays, it will not be zero zero. I feel very confident there. We'll see. Big second leg, yeah. which means just it was fun though. Oh, it was fun. Oh, oh also we never we, we discussed this on text, so we never mentioned the pod. We came to a, a, a agreement on kind of a bet for the outcome of the of, of the two legs. The loser, the losing fan, has to do basically one of the hot ones challenges where we get. You know, we're, we haven't determined the exact sauce yet, but we're gonna pick one of the spicier, but not like medically inducing. That, that uh, was my only thing. Like, I don't want to be yeah. crippled on the ground because yeah, my yeah. tongue we're, is on fire. We're, we're, but it's like, like, it's gonna be. I want to tear up painful, and be uncomfortable. It's gonna be a painfully unpleasant. Experience I want it to be super, and, super unpleasant. But like, I'm not trying to have like. I'm not trying to be like on the ground like. Acting as if yeah. I've gotten shot, like Neymar does when you breathe on him. <laughs> exactly. Um, we haven't we hadn't really taken a shot at Neymar in a while on this podcast, and so it was just like it was needed. Honestly, and I think that, I think isn't that the biggest shot though? He's just not been relevant. Oof! I know Mbappe's doing it all by himself. All oh, yeah. by myself. So, well, w- w- when that happens, uh, you know, it might take a little bit to get the sauces delivered after we know the result and all that shit. But we are going to record it and we'll put it up somewhere. <laughs> you know, we'll probably Instagram put it up on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, um, and uh, that should be fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the second. Like, it was, it was a fun game. I think we both, we both, it was reacted very. We were both very sporting about it. I believe, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. It, I think it. You know, it comes from. You know, we we do have a little bit of respect for each other, just a little bit. Um, and then but, I think over the friendship, we've each also developed an affinity for the other yes. guys' team. So it's just like. I, it took me 15, 20 minutes to like not be weirded out by seeing Davide Calabria and Donnarumma literally on the same pitch as like you know as Manchester United. It was just it was just so weird to, to see those players interfacing to see you know uh, McTominay. I, I have to, his yellow card, which I mean got you some money because your bet. That was such a dumb yellow that card. Was so, it was so dumb. He just kicked. I mean, he didn't kick at the goalie. He kicked at the ball that was in the goalie's hand as he was trying to throw it. So, like, when I say he kicked at the goalie, I'm not trying to say he, like, took a swing at, at our keeper. But, like, there's no world in which that's not a yellow card. And, like, we weren't in that dangerous of a counterattack in the position there. The ball was still in our box. 
Like it was, it was just stupid. And then for him, I agree, it wasn't a second yellow. But he put but himself in a potentially bad position. We, we were in a, we were in a dangerously attacking position. He put his arms on the guy and like, like, but then didn't, but like, it was just dumb to put him and the ref in that position. Yes, agree, agree, agree. Yeah, that's all. I did, I did like to uh, Kier and Martial having like not words, but uh, Mar- Martial was holding the ball up in the box, and Kier was kind of you know like like leaning up against him. Martial falls over, and I think Kier probably says something like "Yeah, really." And Martial's like, "You fucking pushed me." It was just kind of fun to watch watch yeah. them banter a little bit back and forth. It's good banter, and uh, I'm excited for the second leg. Yeah. All right. Speaking of derbies, um, just. Something that'll put me in a much better mood is the Manchester Derby. Wow. I mean, we said that there was <laughs> no chance United would win the game, but you're going to tell me they're going to win 2-0. I would have told you you're insane. First 35 seconds, Martial makes a run, just gets, like, tripped from behind. I mean, the City players didn't really pro- pr- protest the that fact that it was a penalty. They were just like, oh, fuck. But, well, can we talk about how stupid that was? I mean, there were five defenders around Martial, four of them in between him and the goal. Like, was, there was I no think it was Gabby Jesus? Yeah, Gabby, Gabby Jesus. First of all, that, why that, are you even back there? Right? When has he ever been back there? Like, so none of that made sense. Like, they were, Martial had the ball and was in the box, but he was running horizontal. Like, he, he was not running towards the net. He had no angle on, on the keeper, on the goal, or anything. And Jesus just took 30 seconds in. Yeah. And then. I, I, I don't get it. So, great start. Then from then on, it was a lot of city. Uh, you got to say, Dean Henderson played probably his best yeah. Manchester United game. And in that first half, and most of the game, Luke Shaw had Mares in his pocket. Luke Shaw was incredible. And then in the second half, it was just, I mean, all I had wanted was a Luke Shaw goal. Well, remember, Shaw, Shaw, I think, like, had a good opportunity, but missed the frame in the first half, yes. or early second half. And I think you, you even texted me, like, like that Shaw goal is just is all I wanted. It's, yes. like, it's, it's just it. And then he... <laughs> He just goes on this one. Sometimes, I mean, look, he's a thick boy. We, we, we don't mince words about that on this podcast, but he's a quick boy, too. And he just bursts, so quick. makes this great run, lays it off to Rashford. Rashford, everyone's attention just, boom, straight to Rashford. It's what good players do. Good, good soccer players create space and room for their teammates. All eyes on Rashford, dinks it right back, and Luke Shaw just passes it perfectly into the corner of the net. Nothing Ederson can do about it. Oh my god, I was so happy for Luke Shaw. I, he has had, I, there have been so many Man U fans who are Luke Shaw haters, and I have been a long Luke Shaw defender, and this yeah. season, all the Man U haters were like, oh, so all we had to do was buy another left back for Luke Shaw to play well, which is fine, because you're conceding that he's played really well, and he's just had also, such a good he, season. He, he, he played well last season, like, he's played well the last couple of seasons, like, like, like it, I mean, he's playing really well now. When he's but healthy, he he's not- plays well when he's healthy. And he's he's yes. like a good thick, not like a too thick. Yeah, he's 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 not um, Hazard showing up fifteen pounds overweight thick. <laughs> but you know he's he's still got that booty which he uses to to just like I just love when the wingers try to go around him and Luke Shaw just turns his ass into them. It's such a great move. His speed makes no sense with his, with his form. Like like his, his shape, <laughs> he should not have that speed. It does it does not make sense. <laughs> He's, you remember you know, that one you, FIFA season we had where we had that player that was created yes. who was like 6'6", like 240 like 98 pounds. acceleration, yeah. 98 acceleration, 93 sprint speed. That guy was a mutant, and I think Luke Shaw's just a freak. So so I guarantee you, uh, when he came on in the second half, the those Italian boys had never seen a guy that like with that size of a donk burst that quickly <laughs> i know but it was just it was he's, really he's, fun he's twice he's twice the size of samu castellejo and faster than him too <laughs> well that's what he said i think it was in the summer him and rashford had like a dead race and of course rashford <laughs> never commented on it and shaw did shaw Which, said in a, that that might be that might be uh confirmation enough shaw said that in like a dead sprint he beat rashford which is like, mm. it kind of doesn't surprise me, just because I know Luke Shaw's quick, 
but it surprises me like when I look at their physiques, like Rashford is built literally like a sprinter. Yeah, yeah. And Luke Shaw is like always like one bad month I away think, from being fat. No, here's maybe he's actually really, really thin and he's just got like a motor in his draws. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that derby was fucking... I mean, it doesn't matter. In the long run, City are still going to win the league. Like, that, there's no doubt about. I but mean, it, you can't say it doesn't matter. That is, This is huge for you guys fighting for top four. Okay, well, okay. From that perspective, <laughs> okay, that was pretty funny. That was pretty good. Oh, that was pretty good. You, you got me. That was good. You got me. Hand up. That was good. That was good. In the schemes of the title race, I know I know you've forgotten all about what that's like, but in the scheme of the title race, yeah, uh, it doesn't matter. But yes, it's big for the top four. I think it's a it's a nice uh, nice boost for the. I mean, hey, in two Premier League games against City, zero zero draw, two zero win, we shut them out both games, and we took four or six points. Yeah, yeah. Sucks that I mean, we're still gonna lose the league to them by like fifty, but what can you? Yeah, but you're do? only losing. You're only losing them by eleven now. I think fourteen with their game, but the game in hand. Oh yeah, I guess we could, we should, we can't assume they'll win the game in hand. That is fair. No, they United probably... have the game in hand. We can't oh. assume, and it's against. And uh. We play Westamon, dude. There is no <laughs> doubt in my mind that if Jesse Lingard could play in that game, he would score. Is is did is there the language that he can't play against you guys? So in the Premier League, it's it's not a language from in the contract. It's like the rule of the oh, competition. It's, it's the rule of okay. So, but yeah, because that, that, that doesn't exist in, in Italy or in Europa, as we found out with Diego Dallo. You know how many? Do you know how many? Every time Milan plays either a current like Milan player on loan or a player that was sold who didn't want to leave, the guaranteed goal or assist usually both. <laughs> like, just, just, it's just like you'd never you you watch oh, Roma play Milan and you'd be like, wow, Brian Cristante is the best player in Italy. <laughs> okay so i also want to talk about another team tottenham uh last pod we said that tottenham were for sure out of the top four no chance but i don't know if either of us had really looked at the table when we made that claim i mean they they were I definitely think they had a game. There was something we didn't account for because yes, they, it's not like they've they had, won they like had, 50 games since then. They had a game in hand, I believe, or they may have had two games in hand and now they have one game in hand, but they started, they started starting Bale and he's, he's linking up really well with that attacking like duo of Kane and Son. Now it is possible that we were premature on them. But I'm still gonna not. We're not officially resurrecting them. They're still yeah. they're still dead until I'm actually super concerned. I'm mildly concerned that that was like a really premature take on our part. It's, but I'm not super concerned. It's, it's I'm concerned because it makes us look bad, especially when we also discuss like, hey, should we should we put the nail in the coffin of uh, a villa? No, let's wait and see how they do without Jack. You know, if we had if we put the nail in the coffin on Villa, they would have done fine without Jack. We 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 ruined their season by not declaring it over earlier. So they have had a really bad twenty twenty one. I think they're four three and six. Yeah, which is not they're good. Just, they're just they're just not fun to watch. Okay, I watched the last fifteen minutes of that Newcastle game on my phone. Right, I'm at the office, and I see Newcastle hit the post, and I'm like, oh damn, that's unlucky. And then. They just get, like, Villa just gets, like, the big deflection own goal real late on. And so it's, like, the 93rd minute, and Villa has a corner, and I'm like, oh, this one's over. So I just get out of the peacock, the old the old cock app, and so I exit the cock. And then I look on my phone later, 1-1, and they, I'm so mad that I missed it, but kind of just going back to us mushing. Oh, that, I guess that's another tie for Villa, too, by the way, but. Their they, their top four hopes might be uh might yeah, be over. but yeah I, I agree I'd say this pod is going to uh, we're not going to retract our statement yet Tottenham is still out of top four but like <sighs> and, and then I, I, I guess we need to follow up on more things that I've been wrong about well no I don't think it's that you've been wrong I think like I had no interest in Thomas Tuchel. 
until <laughs> you were, you went on your tirade about that he's like he's above I'd average. Say it was more, I'd say it was more of a rant. Tirade, you know, rant, potato, potato, French fry. You went on a rant about how he was like not that good and not that impressive, but then you also ended the rant with that you agreed he's he's better than the average manager. Yeah. But but I mean but Chelsea's not in the business of having like better than the average manager, right? They, they that, that's not what they do. I was of the position that Tuchel's opening fixtures were light and easy and Frank could have gotten the same results. Frank was not getting these results against um, the teams that Tuchel is now getting them against. So fuck me. But let me just say this. I know you saw it today because uh, you shared it and I woke up to this and it really, <laughs> really... Uh... Can I read it? Can I read it? And then my nips. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to read it, and then you talk about it. I'm going to read it. Yeah. I don't think it makes sense as a coherent statement, but I'm going to read it. <clears throat> this is uh, Thomas Tuchel on Christian Pulisic. If he starts tomorrow, if he does brilliantly, and if he starts against Atletico, and if he scores two goals, then maybe he's the captain next season. I know what the it, fuck? <laughs> I know what you mean, but this is too far ahead. We have so many games, and he is in my plans. He is an important player and has the potential to be decisive for us off the bench. Now that second paragraph, that second part, that was accurate. But what was that first part about he's the captain next season? If he starts tomorrow, which let's be real here, TTA hole, you have no plans of starting him tomorrow. You've never started him. You've never started him. If he starts tomorrow, have you given him more than 10 minutes in a goddamn game? I think yes, like twice, but... I mean, this is also on top of after, I think, two twice now, he has either not played Pulisic or played him at the very end of a game. And when asked about Pulisic's playing time, he's been like, it's not fair to Christian because I know how impactful and influential he can be on a game. So I like to keep him off out of the game as a sub. What does that mean? The uh, After his first game, they asked him, he's like, Christian was, was was unlucky because I know what I get out of him. I know how great he could be. So I had to play everybody else. So what he was saying is he had one known entity in his opening game, and he did not use him at all because he knew what a benefit he could have been. But, okay. But what about the comment from today about how he's maybe the captain next season? Uh, dude, Where the fuck did that come from? Dude, dude I'm... I'm, if I'm Mason Mount, I'm reading that like, the fuck? <laughs> Daddy, um, I thought you but, loved me most. No, that was Frank. No, Daddy was Frank. <laughs> um, one thing, though. Can we also talk about, I think, two days ago, uh, Joao Porter asked Joao Cancelo of Manchester City, who the toughest like uh, player to defend yes. has been for him. And he said, for me, the toughest player to defend would be Christian Pulisic. He's so quick and skilled and talented on the ball and on the dribble. He's really hard to cover. It's just like, I, I honestly believe, I honestly believe that reporter who asked him that question and Joao Cancelo were in a ruse hired by you to just piss me off even more. No, I think what I would, I think more like if I was going to piss you off more, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go to some Manchester City player and some dirtbag journalist, presumably, maybe not, who knows. But no, if I was going to mess with you, I would be drugging, I'd be drugging Thomas Tuchel to make him say weird shit. Like maybe he scores against You don't have to drug him. He just says weird shit that does not exist in logic. Can we agree? Can we agree that he's he's, he's, getting the results? He's getting the results. Is Tuchel's a little deranged. Yes. But it's almost... I don't know. I think... Is it, so much is it, Roman, ch- is it Roman Abramovich a little deranged? E- exactly. And it's like, when Jose Mourinho was at... You know, Jose's deranged. <laughs> he was at Chelsea, you know, two different spells. He's... You know, when I think of Chelsea's first real success in the mid-2000s, I think of the Jose Mourinho teams and Jose Mourinho being a little manic and... At the end of the day, I think Frank Lampard was too normal of a dude to be the Chelsea manager. You need someone kind of weird, and 
Tusha was a fucking strange guy. He says some shit. Like, but it's like, I almost want to be like, does he not understand English? But he like, he speaks it so well, so he clearly does. He speaks it so well, but the words he, you know, in, in um, The Princess Bride, when, when he repeatedly is like, I do not think that word means what you think it means. Yeah. Like, that, that's me hearing Tuchel talk about Pulisic every time. And it's not like, it's not, oh, he's not, okay, I mean, it is a little bit, he's not starting this guy, so fuck him, I hate him, like, that is part of it, but that's not what I'm complaining about in these rants, or as you like to say, tirades, it's his words do not match up with his actions at all. Or make sense, the captain thing, I, that just, that just, I don't even know what to say about that. I just, I don't even know. No, 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 oh, Donnie, oh my god, I figured it out, I figured it out, oh my god. I got it. You ready? I'm not going like anywhere. Galaxy brain here. You know how when, especially when they're, when the captains are older and they're the captain, but they don't play every game or start at all, yes. but they get subbed on, and then you have to spend another minute once they're on the field getting the captain's armband and strapping it on, having a player Velcro it for you. He's going to make Pulisic the captain next season, so when he subs him in in the, ninth, in the 89th minute, he has to get the armband strapped on to waste even more time to end the game and reduce Pulisic's playing time even more. Yeah, obviously, you know, rumors are linking Pulisic with a, a move away from Chelsea and as a USMNT fan, you know, you definitely want him to uh, get more consistent playing time. But the only solace I can take from this is the, the like, this now, like, feud between you and Thomas Tuchel. <laughs> it does amuse me. And I got to say, there was a time when uh, a few weeks ago when United and Chelsea played that shitbag 0-0 game <laughs> where part of me was like, you know, if Chelsea win, <laughs> the only good thing that comes out of it is that Gates will be infuriated by Tuchel getting a result against the, and I put this in quotes, good team. And that 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 thought did kind of give my give me some sort the of fact, peace. The fact, the fact that, like, in a way, I would have been more upset with a United loss to Chelsea than you would have been is, you know what, that's the kind of logic that lives in Tuchel's world. I think... I think you and Tuchel are both, like, two sides of a very manic coin. <laughs> and I love it. I, I think this is... Yeah, you're a, just the asshole flipping the coin. <laughs> I think this is this is one of the best storylines that will be discussed in the Onis come July. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know I, I have been catapulted into cuck of the year candidate just because of Tuchel's success. <laughs> I... There's a, there's a small part of me that would love to see Chelsea finish second. <laughs> like, oh my god. Oh, there's, so, a, there's a small part of me that just I, loves to be petty to you than like loves anything else. It's like it's small, but it's in there. <laughs> okay. Oh my god, that happen that happens that happens I'm buying you a custom Chelsea jersey with your name on the back. <laughs> the number two on the number two in your name. Could you put Tuchel's name on the back? <laughs> never. Never. Okay, um, and then we have the North London derby this weekend, so that'll be a nice big derby game. That'll now, be big, so, too. Now, if Arsenal wins that game, then we're good. Tottenham's out. But if Tottenham win, have we have we said Arsenal are out? That was the first team we eliminated. We took out both. Okay. We took out Arsenal, and then I think we just had North London in the mine, so we just went for Tottenham, and that's... But yeah, we took out Arsenal. They were the first team we eliminated. I think yeah. Everton also might be on the hot seat too. I was that's who I was gonna add as as on on on, on watch. So I think on we're deck. eliminating we're eliminating Villa. Yeah, Villa's done. Everton are on deck. Everton, we will reassess this next Friday. My my one my one I guess comforting uh, thing is when Jaime is, is healthy, they actually do play well and they're fun to watch. Oh, for sure. But when when he's out of the lineup, it's fifty fifty if they're gonna play well or not. Yeah, yeah. All right. I think that's enough of that. Yep. Uh, though I, I think we could have a, just another podcast that's just called Gates v. Tuchel, where you, Tuchel. where I represent Tuchel. the position. Tuchel time. Tuchel time. I like that. <laughs> okay. What, what's going on in Syria? Hit me with um, it. If, if, if we launch a pod named Tuchel time, I'm going to buy bot farms and just trash the ratings of my own, of that own, that own podcast just because of its name. Uh, 
If you've had, hold on, hold on, time out, time out, time out. If you've had the capability to buy bot farms, why haven't oh. you bought the bot farms to improve our podcast? No, no. I, I will, I will make financial decisions that are not good for me personally to trash that is, is, is the step I would go there. Emma comes home and she's like, where's Ozzy? And he's like, sold him for a bot farm. Don't want to talk about it. No, she comes home and there's no more home. <laughs> <laughs> you're just, you're just butt naked I, under a blanket. I, I, I just sublet our place for people to shoot pornos in it. <laughs> so, uh, move on to, to Syria. Um, pretty s- similar kind of feedback of, of last time enter have a firm grasp on on the the title chase they haven't dropped points uh milan are four points back i think no six points back now uh or seven points maybe juve are two three points behind milan it's it, juve and milan are very close in second uh top four is actually really tightening up um milan are in a top four battle whereas you know at the halfway point it was like would be nice if we compete for a title, but we should have we should be able to lock up uh, top four. Of course, that is not the case anymore. We are in pole position for for second place, but you've got I mean, Juve can't count them out. Uh, Napoli are playing well. Juve and Napoli have a game in hand against each other. Roma are still right up there. Uh, Lazio are also there, so it's 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 going to be close. And, and you guys have a game against Napoli. On Sunday, yes, that's that's the upcoming game. Uh, Milan Napoli going to be huge. Um, yeah, it's uh, well. I think that game will will show whether or not this final stretch is going to be squeaky bum bum time for getting Champions League, or if like it'll be tough but but manageable. Yeah, and then it's all it's all up to if Inter, if Inter decide. You know, they're they're so hot right now. Like that, like Hansel, just so hot right now, but. If they, if they lose form and get to like a bit more shaky place like they were at the start of the season, this could be, become interesting. Probably with Juve less than Milan, uh, but it's it's an inters the ball's in inters court to fuck it up or not. Yeah, yeah. All right. <clears throat> well, we had a we had another derby in the Bundesliga. It's kind of the weekends of derbies: own goal derby, Manchester yeah. derby, the Klasser, their Klassiker, the Klasserito. Um, yeah, no, uh, I mean, were you able to watch it? I was able to watch a little bit of it. So, really fun first half. Uh, I mean, Erling Holland just came out the gates roaring. Uh, How good a, is he a, right now? So <laughs> fucking good. Wow. Uh, got a brace, you know, against Bayern, put put Dortmund up to 2 nothing, And then, of course, I think before halftime, uh, Lewandowski and Team Bayern end up equalizing. Twenty, you know, they they draw level, and then they just bust the doors open, wide open in the second half. Lewandowski gets a hat trick. Uh, yeah, I think they, they interview Holland afterwards. He's like, I you know I, I opened up with a brace, so of course Lewandowski had to finish the game with a hat trick. Um, just two two players, kind of you know different sides of, of their career, but both just at the the upper echelon of talent and ability. Uh, so really fun to watch. Cool to see uh, Bundesliga game on national broadcast television in the states. That's the first time ABC's aired a, a Bundesliga game. So really, really enjoyed. Also, uh, sometime I think during this week, I think it was maybe on Thursday, we we hit like I think it's ninety days out to the Euros now. Yep, that's exciting. And so those are two players, to, yeah. I'm going to have a lot to talk about in the Euros, especially with if Luke Shaw is going to make the England team. Who, yeah. What's going to go on with the England team? Is Theo Hernandez going to make who's, France? Who's, who's in the uh, the England attacking midfield? Yeah, we won't cover that. Today, no, there's a lot to talk about. But I will say this, the fact that like my two favorite fullbacks, who I both believe should both absolutely be in their team's 23, mm-hmm. might, might not both not squad. make it. It's just like, that is just like peak <laughs> me. If Lucas Hernandez, who hasn't like started for Bayern in how long, uh, still gets in and Teo doesn't, it makes no sense. Well, yeah. They, 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 well, okay. If, quickly on the French, just for a second. <laughs> These are the people who have cast Benzema to the dirt, but won't let him play for uh, Algeria. It's, if you're never going to call the guy up ever, let him fucking play for Algeria. Yeah. yeah. It's, and it's not like without Algeria 
he's going to pose a threat to France's World Cup chances. You're like, it's not, it's not going to happen. Yeah. But anyway, uh, and then our boy, the Red Baron, aka Josh Sargent, he's on a bit of a heater. Yeah, uh, three straight games with three goals. I think two of those three have been game-winning goals, and one of them was like a, an insurance get the lead up by two. Uh, kind of a, a wide variety. He had one really well, beautifully placed header. He had one rocket from I think outside the box, and then he had another one where it looked like Rashidza's attempt was going in, but he but uh, Sargent was like neck and neck with the defender on the goal line, so he just tapped it in, which he kind of stole it from Rashidza, but also if he doesn't touch it and it gets goal line clearance, then he's an idiot. So you know, goal's a goal, and he's getting great positions. We've, I've said it, you know, a lot that even Florian Kofield, his manager, has talked about he's always doing the right things in the right place and plays really, really well, uh, but wasn't getting the goals. So it's really awesome to see him start bagging these goals. I think he now has 11 Bundesliga goals, which I think is the most by any American. I think Christian had 10 uh, before he left Dortmund, and uh, he's also the... Uh, Second youngest or the youngest American player to get 10 goals in the Bundesliga. I love it. I love it. And uh, Tyler Adams is finally catching a few starts for Leipzig, which is obviously it, good to see. Getting rave reviews, too, by uh, by his manager. And by I think Jesse Marsh talked about Tyler Adams as saying he's like one of the first players he had met who's like, wow, this guy has like that extra thing mentally. Okay. Um, so that's Bundesliga, Liga, uh, I'm just going to skip it because I'm just going to skip it. La Liga, Atletico, they're just, they're doing just enough to maintain this kind of six point lead. They're at 62, Barca at 56, Real at 54. We had a Madrid Derby over the weekend. By the way, episode of Derbies keeps happening again and again. Yeah, Jesus. Um, Suarez, who has just been a brilliant pickup from Atletico. Barca were stupid to think he's too old and to let him go. That was just dumb. Um, Added to the list of Barcelona decisions. Seriously. Where does that rank in comparison to uh, laundering money for your disinformation <laughs> campaign? Just asking for a friend. But uh, So Suarez gets things going for Atletico early. You know, scores in about the 15th minute. And you think Atletico, it's going to be a classic 1-0 win. But it's the... Simeone ball, yeah. But it's the second most classic Atletico scoreline, which is 1-1. Because, of course, Kareem Benzema comes in huge for Real Madrid, as he has had done so often in the past to make it 1-1. But, again, this is Atletico's to lose, but they have not played well the last six weeks. No. Like, they want, they're they getting results when they're digging out results, but I have not watched a game from them and thought, okay, they look good, they're playing well again. They have It's all been by kind of the, the skin of the sack, so to speak. Which, in a way, that kind of is how... Uh... Simeone, Simeone ball operates, but it's it's been a little too skin in the sack. Yeah, you, you, you gotta you gotta gotta get a little bit of room there. But um, and I think with that we can kind of preview a couple of the Champions League games, but first kind of review some yeah. of, some of the kind of major things that happen. We'll do kind of the boring ones first. You know, Liverpool won the first leg two zero against Leipzig. Liverpool won the second leg two zero against Leipzig. So that went as we expected. Not much to say there. Um, Sevilla Dortmund, two incredibly exciting games. Yeah. If you remember in the first leg, it was a three-two Dortmund um, win away from uh, in Spain, and then the second leg was a this was a two-two tie. So Dortmund went through five-four in aggregate, but just what a great fun tie! It was. It was. I mean, goal scoring. Both teams going for it constantly. You know. Those three away goals Dortmund got made it seem like uh, probably not a good sign. But then Sevilla, you know, come out and get two of the three goals they need. Just, I mean, they, they were one they were one goal away from it being tied on away goals, not just on aggregate. So it was it, it's just been fun watching Holland cook. You know, it's it's a shame. Uh, Reina hasn't really been featured much. It seems like he's picked up a hamstring knock. But I don't even before that he was starting but getting some so like it's it's been a bummer from the american side of things not to see him play but dortmund are kind of uh you know making a little noise um and they still have a serious push we need to make in the uh in the domestic league to get top four they're sixth right now so it's kind of fun watching them battle on on two fronts and in, in important games 
Yeah. And then, um, I mean, we got we got to talk. Let's save the best for last. So okay. let, let's. I mean, we had Barcelona PSG. Uh, PSG were up four one going into the tie, and I mean, we had we had some 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 exciting play. Uh, I think you know. Got, got some great great performances by Messi, by Mbappe. Messi did miss a penalty. Oh, that was tough. Before that, though, scored an absolute banger. Banger. But then just missed the penalty, which you just got to know how, you know, going up 2-1, how that can change your momentum. Now you only need two more goals. It's still, it's still a tough yeah. task, obviously. And I, I, I still think PSG would end up winning the tie overall. But yeah. Messi in the, in the round of 16. In the grand scheme of things, I, I think – the missed penalty doesn't really matter. I, I don't. But I agree. Messi, Messi did leave in the round of 16, and I think that is the perfect segue into the other living legend out in the round of 16. So Juve, you know, had it all to do going down 2-1 to Porto in the first leg. Juve played the first half so horribly. Porto takes the lead 1-0. But then yeah. Chiesa wakes up. He's good, man. Very good. He gets a great brace. So now they're up 2-1, and, you know, looks like they're going to get a third. And the free kick, Cristiano Ronaldo in the wall, turns, goes right by his, I mean, just inches it's away a, from it's him. A, it's a bad look for our guy. It is, that's tough. That's tough. He's not used to looking that bad. He's usually much more attractive than, than that. That's that was friend. tough. That was tough, and I'll say this: the first Porto penalty that they were given—that's just that was not a penalty. Yeah, but, but you did also say you did also. I remember say the defender should not have put himself in that situation. Yes, the defender like, should, like, defender shouldn't have put the really put rest, the ref yeah. in a situation to make that call. It wasn't a penalty, but the way the game is going and the way the game is changing over the last 10, 15 years, it. it you know, you're giving the ref a 50-50 call. What what what, yeah. what I think maybe 10 to 15 years ago was like a 80-20 call most of the time. It's not going to be a penalty. It's now a 50-50 call. But you know what? People going in thought one old Portuguese guy in his 30s was going to play really well, and they got the wrong one because Pepe was a Pepe warrior. Was yeah. And this Porto team, man, they were plucky, and they didn't give up. And it, it, it sucks for a team to go out on away goals. It, it does. It does. We, you and I hate away goals. I we did forecast. We did forecast away goals would determine the winner of this tie, and it did. But we did think it was going to be the, that one Juve away goal. <laughs> but you know what, man? Credit to Porto for the way they played, and you got to say, you know, Ronaldo went to Juve to win the Champions League. They brought him to win the Champions League, and it just hasn't worked out. And I think you know, one of the things I think that's big there is Juve brought Ronaldo to win the Champions League. But Ronaldo had just left what three straight Champions League victories on Real, so I don't like, like if he had wanted it as you know I I know he wants to he always wants to win he's an ultimate competitor but I don't know if he has the need of that Champions League victory like the Juve organization ne- needs it yeah because he's won it five times because if he did he doesn't turn away from the free kick. And like that's fine. That's fine. He's he's done it. He's 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 summited this mountain, like you said, five times. And so I think that there's a disconnect there, and that may be why you know a lot of the Juve fan base and and you know ex players, some of like the legends, um, are a bit discontented with uh, with and suggesting that they move on. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens this summer. I don't think he's going to be a, a Juve player next year. Yeah, I agree. But where he's going to go, I think that's going to be really fascinating. So, round of 16, no Ronaldo, no Messi, but Mbappe and Holland go through. And it's just kind of yeah. like we talked about, you know, uh, last episode. It's just this changing of the guard, which is which is kind of cool to see in a way. Because Ronaldo and Messi, I think, gave all soccer fans incredible moments. And it's like, I mean, Ronaldo's 36 years old. Messi is 34 years old. Like... They, they've and, and these guys have been pros since they were 16. So they, they have 20 and 18 years of miles on the legs. I don't think people appreciate the wear that it does on you. Yeah. You know, it's oh, soccer sure. isn't as physical as football or rugby or hockey, but 
treading those miles, running all I mean, that. You, it, it, you, you put those miles on a car, and it does not run as smoothly as you do. There's, no, there's just no way. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, that's that's tough. Um, looking ahead, I don't think we need to talk about Man City, Mulching yeah. back. I don't think we need to talk about Bayern and Lazio. What we do need to talk about first is Real Madrid-Atalanta. Real Madrid got the 1-0 win in Italy, which is a big away goal. Yeah, I mean, and, I mean that was well. I mean, I think it was whether it was justified or not is the, not the problem. But like that's that red card really helped. That red card in the the beginning of the of the first tie really helped. Honestly, you could argue Real should have scored more than one goal with the with the one man advantage. Um, so yeah, it's 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 one nothing. Real having a way goal, but. Atlanta, Atlanta just have to come out and try to score one goal. They score, they score one goal, and they're, they're in it. Well, also looking at it this way, if Atlanta win, they're in. Yep. So their destiny is in their own hands. They have to well, win one no, game. Well, no, yeah. Well, if they win one nothing, then it's well, okay. extra time. If, if they don't win, but I mean, if they win anything other than one nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So. If they well, if they yeah, or if they yeah, yeah, it's it's just so so. I mean, it, I'm excited for that one. I think I think that's going to be a good one. Now, this one, there's a lot. It's same situation. I'm not excited for this one. Chelsea, back in London, your boy Tuchel, versus a semi-impotent Atletico Madrid at the moment. Chelsea having that one critical away goal. But, you know, one goal and Atletico's right back in it. And maybe in a game where they need a goal, they can play to a style where Jao Felix can be feeding Suarez and really open things up. And that's what you'd like to see. But I just feel like, I don't know, I feel like... Tuchel is going to make a sneaky run to the semifinals, or if they can avoid Man City, if PSG and Bayern, could Tuchel make a, a, a two consecutive runs to a final with a different team? The story. Look at you right now thinking about that. You are about to puke. Hey, so you know this has been Ungo Ungo podcast. <laughs> if you want to reach out to us, you know our email. You know our our, our Twitter. Uh, it's been fun talking to you guys. <laughs> I can't. I I, I. 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 mean, it's not good for Atletico to go into a game having to chase a goal. Um, yeah, yeah, they're not built for that. Uh, and Tuchel has shown <laughs> the one thing he has delivered is stopping up the leaks in the back. Like Chelsea have conceded, I think, twice since since he took over. Like, like in two games since he took over, like clean sheets in nine or something like that. That does not bode well. I mean, he's gonna. I would assume no, no. Mason mounts out on yellow on a yellow card, so he he can't play. So you're gonna get you're gonna get Kai Havertz. You're not gonna get Pulisic. You're gonna get Timo Werner. So like, there's there's potential that they could sit back and force Atletico out of their shell and hit them on the counter. Um, so, <sighs> fuck me, man. <laughs> Oh man, I that again the 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 Tuchel the Tuchel v Gate storyline is just it's unreal. You look so you're acting as if Chelsea have already won the game three zero. Dude, they're gonna finish second in the Premier League and in semi final at least in the Champions League, and I it's just like. <laughs> well, <coughs> we will be back next Friday after we know who has. Uh, yeah emerged victorious from the first own goal derby um i'm excited for it and um thanks for listening as eric tried to allude to in a very depressed way earlier you can follow us on instagram at own goal pod you can email us own goal pod at gmail.com follow us at twitter at own goal pod uh, i tweeted at harry kane to see if he thought he was Tottenham's primary goal scorer he didn't respond i like to think he just read it and just thought what a stupid question and moved on or what if you read it and now he and Son are trying to have that debate and Bale's like, guys, it's me, duh. <laughs> but uh, anyway, this was a this was a fun and quick episode, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Yeah. Bye. Bye. I was sitting wishing in this barren desert wasteland all alone, hoping that mirages were in some type of scene I've come to know. She whispered closely, told me this is all that we could ever be. 
Autonomy would be the enemy and destroy our destiny. Cause our love is a battlefield, and I'm a soldier made of steel, and I'll fight until the end. Shallow wounds always bend, oh no. I'm on camp here tonight. And I'll win you love, 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 if you're ready for war. I'll run the sun, 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 just surrender your core. I'll give you bombs of my love, but I don't wanna explode. So follow me, follow me, and I'll show you home. Crush my spirit, oh yeah, right down to the bone. Until the day I realize my courage is all I ever want. Cause our love is a battlefield, and I'm a soldier made of steel, and I'll fight until the end. Shallow wounds always bend, oh no. Surrender your core I'll give you bombs of my love But I 